movies in particular where I'm like happy tears. Like when I was a kid watching these movies, I was like, oh, like these are great. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, this is so, why am I crying at this? Like happy tears. Uh, the first one, have you ever seen the movie Space Camp? No. Oh, the, that might end up at getting added to the list then. Um, so Space Camp is about a group of kids at Space Camp who accidentally get launched into space. <laughs> It's a good movie. Don't you laugh at the concept, but it's actually a good movie. Like they're sitting, they take them on a tour of the shuttle and they let them sit in the shuttle and something happens. I won't say what that they, they they're forced to launch the shuttle. Otherwise it's going to explode and kill these kids. <laughs> not okay. So they're not, they're not in spacesuits, obviously. No, like the shuttle's not even prepped to Great. This to really be in realistic. space for that. Oh, like they end up having to go to the International Space Station to get oxygen. Otherwise, they're <laughs> going to run out. Oh, my God. The communication system isn't set for them to be able to communicate back and forth. So, <laughs> there's, so there's a particular scene. I'm not giving you this movie now because you're just making fun of it. Um <laughs> So like, (laughs) (laughs) it's almost as bad as Fast and Furious in space. No, stop it. (laughs) Um, Fast and Furious in space makes sense. Damn it! Shut up. No, Um, shut up. Shut up. All right. So forget I even brought up books. So it makes sense if you read the books. (laughs) The book. There's no books. The books for Fast and Furious are basically the instruction manuals that come with your Hot Wheels. <laughs> you get the special space edition of your Hot Wheels. Launch a car right into space. <laughs> All right. So forget I brought up Space Camp. I'll go to the oh other movie gosh. I was going to talk See, about. No, okay. I'm crying from laughter. Is that happiness? <laughs> <laughs> but so the, other, so the other movie I was going to tell you about is, have you ever seen the movie Little Giants? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on space camp. They accidentally launch into space. If you watch the movie, it makes sense. <laughs> it's like it's like um, what is that? What is that movie with? It's for kids. It's like secret. The kids are secret agents. But their parents are secret agents. But the oh, spy kids, are, spy kids. Thank you. It's like spy <laughs> kids in space. <laughs> dumbest show, dumbest movie. I'm I'm into it. I'm gonna go find it. <laughs> so the other movie I was going to tell you about. Have you ever seen the movie Little Giants? Uh, no. Oh, that's getting that's getting added to the list. Um, no, but there. So I mean, there's a scene in Little Giants where like there's this one of the kids is like running a play on the field and his father who we didn't expect to be there was actually there to watch it happen. And like seeing how happy this kid was to does he go to like, space. No, shut up. <laughs> is it, does his happiness launch him into space shut, after a good play? Shut up. Yeah. It's in a Pontiac Fiero. <laughs> hey, by the way, we're back with another movie swap. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I can't handle it. <laughs> hilarious. This Absolutely the, this hilarious. Was best, this was the best way to open this episode, seriously. Oh my gosh. They accidentally launch into space. You know, 
You can't make this shit up. I'm going to give you that movie one day just so you're forced to watch it. You give me that movie. I'm going to give you something really ridiculous and give you like. Like Twilight. I no. I listen. Listen. I don't do Twilight. I don't read the books. I don't watch the movies. I won't even watch Robert Pattinson as Batman because I'm so pissed off about Twilight. Okay. Pattinson is a great actor. Twilight is shit. Twilight is shit. Pattinson is actually a good actor. Um, he's done a couple movies since Twilight that are really good. And the Batman is actually really good. There, no. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Christian I'm- Bale and Michael Keaton are Batman, and that is it. Batman is over. Batman's been done. Um, you forgot to mention Affleck. No, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you did. No, I did not. Because Affleck was fucking amazing as Batman. Was he as good as Michael Keaton or Christian Bale? No. Um, Christian Bale was no. only good in two of the movies he did. No, he was not. The Dark Knight Rises was shit. The Dark Knight Rises was shit because they didn't know how to end it because Heath Ledger died. True. We've, I, think I we've will about stand this. by that forever. I agree. I with think it. that they did what they could. And as much as I love Tom Hardy as an actor, he no. was not good in that movie. Uh, you he lost ruined me. that movie. You lost me at love Tom Hardy as an actor. That dude is so Watch fucking Peaky overrated. Watch Peaky Blinders. One show out of all the projects he's done. He he's was also good amazing in. in Inception. And he's overrated. Okay, I just named two good Tom Hardy projects. So out of how many? Oh, Mad Max Fury Road is garbage. No, no. Mad okay. It's Mad garbage. Max, no, hold on. Mad Max Fury Road is not garbage. That it's is garbage. an amazing movie. Garbage. Tom Hardy is useless in that movie. I hated that entire movie. It was like this frenetic you're, fever dream that I crazy. felt that I couldn't get out of the whole you time. Crazy. We didn't even finish it. I couldn't handle it. I told Dave, I was like, it's too much. It's so just too I, much. So then I take it you're not going to watch Furiosa? Fuck no. Oh, you're crazy. I Well, I also am not that big of a Charlize Theron fan ever since well, I she, watched- Well, Charlize Theron is not in Furiosa. But she- Why? It's a prequel. Okay. Anya Taylor-Joy is playing Furiosa. Ooh, then maybe. Right? It's Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth. All right. Those, you just you just sold me. I don't even yeah. need to know what it's about. If Chris Hemsworth is doing it, I'll just go and watch him. It's, I think it looks pretty damn Where good. Where do you? So he's doing that. He did that Limitless show, I think, where his brothers are trying to see what his physical limit is of his body. And like- have you seen this? It's on no. ESPN. Oh, so it's I, an act, like it, it's he. It's not a, like a fantasy no, no, show. No, it's, no like, it's a real thing. Yeah. Oh. Like any crazy thing that he's doing, his brothers are there. Just like like he went into these like freezing cold waters of the ocean to like test core temperature of his body or something like that. And his brothers are on the beach all wrapped up and bundled up, and they're just like, "This guy's fucking crazy." Um, I mean, he is Thor. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is amazing, but I walk in and Dave's watching it and I'm like, Ooh, 
what are we doing here? What are we watching (laughs) here? I just sat down and I'm just like, this is wonderful. Like, I don't (laughs) care what he's doing. He is just like this beautiful specimen that's just nice to watch. And he's he's funny. He's funny. He's a good actor. He's he's great. I know a lot of people panned it, but he's great in the all-female reboot of Ghostbusters. I heard that. I heard that. And I, I saw the um the interviews with the female Ghostbusters and they were saying like, this guy can sing. Like he starts singing and we're like, no way can he sing. He's funny. He can sing and he's good looking. They're like, this is not fair. It's not fair to be Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I yeah, totally he, agree. <clears throat> no, he, he's great in... Uh... In the Ghostbusters reboot. And he's a wonderful husband and a wonderful father. Like, the guy just ticks all the boxes. All of them. Check, 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 check. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Let's talk about movies we gave each other months ago. Okay, so... (laughs) Matthew Perry died. (laughs) And Okay, so... I gave you a Matthew Perry movie. Yeah. And then he ended up passing away. So it took, we had to give it a little time. Um, Cause it was rough. It was rough to watch anything with him. Well, we're both huge friends fans. We're both yeah. huge Matthew Perry fans. So when Matthew Perry died, that just kind of killed everything. We were almost ready to just like, we were we, at one point we were like, let's just sign each other two new movies and start yeah. over. And then and, Jill came to visit and we watched it. Yeah. So let's start with that then. Let's get that out of the way. Um, I gave you the movie Three to Tango with Matthew Perry and Oliver Platt. Yeah. Uh, I warned you. It was a very 90s movie. Yeah. Uh, Initial thoughts on the movie. I did not enjoy it. Okay. Fair Um, enough. Fair enough. Jill thought I was crazy the whole time because she loves it. It's one of her favorite movies. Um, I think Dylan McDermott is a god-awful actor. I feel that he <laughs> ruined the movie. If somebody else would have been cast in that role, I think the movie would have been way better. Because it was a funny premise, but it was also... It was also, you know, it it the movie doesn't age well. How's that? Okay. Um, because we are a lot more accepting and forgiving of everybody's differences and homosexuality and this kind of made homosexuality like it poked fun at homosexuality in a very specific way. Um, And it used a lot of stereotypes, I think, which were funny in the nineties, but they also kind of weren't funny in the nineties. If you were gay, I think. So to anybody listening, who's never seen the movie before, the basic premise of the movie is that Matthew Perry and Oliver Platt are architects um, there's a bit of confusion where it's believed that Matthew Perry is gay. But Oliver Platt is the one that's gay. Oliver Platt is actually gay. And he plays along in order to get closer to a girl that he likes played by Nev Campbell. Who also She's fantastic that in gay. that movie. She's fantastic in that movie. I really like ne- Nev she, Campbell in that movie. She's so quirky. Yeah. Uh, like... And Matthew Perry, like they had great chemistry yes. together on screen. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of elements that are really fun and I really enjoyed those elements, but um, Dylan McDermott just ruined the movie for me. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess that there was like a 
a big there was like a long period of time where Dylan McDermott was like in everything for some reason. He was you, a hit like for some yeah, I no, I I agree with you. Like he had a really good run in like the the 90s to 2000s. Early um, aughts, yeah. And then like well, he was also big in television too because he was on the practice for That's what it was. Yeah. A long time. That was his mailbox money. Yeah, pretty much. So but, I mean, uh, he did. I mean, the practice ran for eight seasons, I think. That and he is he was on start to finish. Yeah, I mean, good for him. He just is not a good actor. I'm sorry. I you know I I I don't like saying that about people, but he really I like he really honestly ruined that movie for me. It's kind of like Russell Crowe in uh, Les Mes. I, I hated him in Les Mis. Every time he opened his mouth to sing, I was like, shut up. Um, <laughs> because Les Mis to me is a perfect movie. And then you get Javert in there and I'm like, you are ruining this. You're ruining my good movie. Um, uh, I I was okay with, with Russell Crowe, but that's like another. like people that sing through their nose. That. It's a whole nother conversation. But I mean, you you do bring up a good point with Dylan McDermott. And I feel like, you know, this movie came out in 99. Dylan McDermott was already three seasons into the practice. Nev mm. Campbell had been doing Party of Five for so a they, while. And, and Matt per Matthew Perry was deep into Friends. Was deep into Friends. So it feels like they were kind of looking at like big TV stars. And Oliver Platt was a was a recurring character on the West Wing, which was a huge hit and he was yeah. fantastic on the West wing. So they were pulling in people from, they were pulling in some of the bigger television stars that they could Heavy hitters. Yeah. To kind of like make this a, a, a bigger thing. Um, <laughs> you know, cause, cause John, C, John C McGinley is in this movie too. Um, who, you know, he's one of the ones that starts the rumor about them being gay. And then by the end of the movie, turns out he is also gay. Right. <laughs> right. But McGinley and didn't get his he he didn't get really his big start or his his big found moment until a couple years later with Scrubs. Yeah. So, so this was before yeah, Scrubs. Yeah, I um the movie had potential, but I just don't think that it was done very well. I think that you could probably reboot it and redo it now and it would probably with a better script and it would probably be better. Um, you know, be fun to watch Dan Levy as the Oliver Platt role. Oh, that, Ooh, that could work. Right. That could really work. Cause I love Dan Levy. I love everything he does. I don't care what he does. He's, if he's, if his hands are in it, I want to watch it. He's got a new movie out that he just directed too. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks phenomenal. It's where his husband dies and his two friends uh, kind of help him through grief for the first year. And then on the one-year anniversary, they take uh, he takes his friends on a trip, I think, to Paris as a thank you um, for helping him. But he still can't get out of it somehow. Um, I've only seen like one trailer for it, but it looks phenomenal. And he wrote and directed and starred yeah. in it. And it's, I think it's called good grief. Um, yes. not the Charlie Brown story. Uh, oh, that would be great if they made live actions, Charlie Brown, right? Um, but made it like it, a dark, a dark comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and I think it comes out, I think towards the end of the month. 
on Netflix. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a Netflix movie, so it's not going to be theaters. Uh, but I think it's December 29th, I think, is when that comes out. Sure. So. Um, Matthew Perry's book, Friends, Lovers, and the Big the Terrible, terrible Thing. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Anyways, I haven't read the book yet because I'm waiting to read it uh, with Me too. Jill. Uh, well, oh, Jill not, and I are going to read it. Jill. Jill and I are going to read it at the same time if you want to also do that. Um, yeah, let me know when you're starting it. Okay. Um, but I was we'll looking book through club. the pictures. I, yeah, I was looking through the pictures like I always do. And there's a picture of uh, Matthew Perry with his niece who was, I think, under – she looked like she was under the age of 10 in that picture. And the caption was, uh, me and – insert niece name here uh, – on the set of Three to Tango wishing that we were on any other movie set or something Ooh, like that. So maybe he, he didn't- really didn't enjoy that movie from what I can tell of the picture and the caption. I wonder if there'll be more about that in the book. I'm hoping. That's, I mean, yeah, that's odd. I didn't know that because it's always been, it's been one of my favorite like go-to 90s movies. And it's okay that you didn't, mm-hmm. you, did, you didn't care for it because I understand your reasonings why. But it's, just, yeah, it's, if he didn't enjoy being on that set, it didn't show because I think he's great in the movie. He's a professional. He's, I mean, he, he's wonderful. I mean, he, he used to come to friends, you know, High, drunk, stoned, hungover, blacked out. You know, he and, says and he doesn't remember most of filming season three, I think. And you'd never know it by watching. And you'd never know it. Yeah. I mean, he was a high functioning addict, which yeah. is sad because you only get that way because it's out of necessity. Um, Gosh, I hate that he's not around anymore. Like I didn't personally know him and I know that his loss is being felt by a lot of people who had deep personal connections to him. But you know, like Chandler Bing is just so important to my life. I mean, he, he's the reason why you and I are friends. Yeah. And he's, he's a big reason why Jill and I are friends. Chandler Um, Bing is, is in all honesty, if there was, I don't think there's any other television character that I relate more to. Then oh yeah, mine is Ross. <laughs> Poor <Yeah>. Ross. <laughs> my sister was my it, my sister was Monica because my sister has always been like the the neat freak kind. I gotta of tell you, the older person. I get, the more Monica I am. It's weird. <laughs> um, but Chan- also, I mean-, I mean, Friends got me through. Friends, I watched Friends through both both of my labors with my children. Mm-hmm. Like I watch Friends when I'm sad, when I'm depressed, when I want to laugh. Like every nothing, if nothing else is working, I put on Friends and. I am instantly better. So the fact that he's gone is just really, it's really, it's, it's just, it's a loss in my life because it takes away a little bit of, of friends watching friends because there's this little black spot now that he's not there anymore. Yeah. I get it. Cause it, it took me, it took me a little bit of time too. And, but now I'm actually okay watching again. Cause I've started mm-hmm. again. I've started watching friends again. Um, it's gotten thrown back into my, my shuffle and, um, you're right. It, it kind of hurts a little bit to watch. I mean, it was the same thing for me with Robin. Yeah. Um, it took me a long time before I was able to watch anything with Robin. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and now Matthew Perry was the same way. And so, but I mean, I don't know where I was going with this. That's okay. Your cat was agreeing with you. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, she's very annoyed. She she's I I 
it's so weird off topic what that's what this podcast is um she's been very needy lately and very talkative and which one is this aurora oh and for I've, anybody that doesn't know aurora is his favorite cat yes she is um and she's I gorgeous i know you're not supposed to play favorites but i do um she is <laughs> you, craving you unabashedly play favorites <laughs> She doesn't mean I don't like my other two cats. Like she's just my favorite. <laughs> All right, <laughs> love my other two cats. Uh-huh. She's just my favorite. But I've I've done some research, and because she is part Maine Coon, mm. uh, apparently the older they get, the more talkative they get. That's awesome. <laughs> which which is annoying sometimes. Oh my gosh! You know what? Don't throw her in with the Murphy lot, okay? Oh no, she's she will never get there. Cardi B, Cardi C, Cardi Cat, Caddy B. I That's mean, what I call will, her, Caddy B. She will legitimately, if I'm in my recliner, it doesn't matter where she is in the apartment. Once I put the legs up, she hops down and comes right over to the chair, lays between my legs, and no lie, she could sit there for four hours, and then I have to get up for some reason, whether it's use the bathroom, use the computer, whatever. She will legitimately be mad at me. <laughs> I'm like, you just spent four hours on my lap. <laughs> How are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love cats, man. Once they attach to you, they're just, they're awesome. Yeah. And people that aren't cat owners just don't understand. They don't like, understand once it. A, once a cat brings you into their trust circle, it is the best feeling in the world because it is hard. To do. Yep. This is not an easy feat. Like dogs, dogs are like, I love you. I love you too. Ooh, you too. I love you. You know, cats are like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Ooh, you're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so I yeah, I wanted to like the movie. I really did because it had all the pieces to like it. Um, and I did enjoy parts of it, but I wouldn't watch it again. How's that? That's fair enough. Yeah. That's that that's fair enough. I mean again, it does I can absolutely see where some of it feels dated because it is again late 90s, 99 mm-hmm. was the year it came out. It was about a at the time something that was a pretty hot topic that has become an even hotter topic now. Mm. Although sometimes although it doesn't feel that way, I think we've become more accepting of it as a culture. Since uh, 1999, absolutely, because yeah. we're not making fun of it anymore on television. No, now we're we're either fighting to defend it, mm-hmm. or there are others that are fighting to still. It, it's weird because, like, not to get too political, but the people that accept it and defend it are fighting to defend it without making fun of it. Whereas the other side of the argument just has never changed. Right. It's that it doesn't belong, and that's pretty much been their argument since the beginning, which means. Right. They haven't changed. They haven't evolved. They haven't adapted. Right. Um, which also means you haven't grown up. Right. Right. Or that, yeah, that demographic hasn't grown up. That Absolutely. demographic hasn't grown up. Well, and it's funny to me that, you know, Matthew Perry would agree to do this movie only because, you know, Chandler had a running joke of whether or not he was gay or perceived as gay. And so then he does this movie where he's perceived as gay again, and he has to pretend to be a gay guy for like half the movie. 
Well, maybe that's one of the reasons why he was cast to do it. Well, of course it was. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a particular line that he has in the movie, too, that always makes me laugh because he did a bit on SNL very similar to it. There's mm-hmm. one moment in the movie where he goes, I'm Batman. <laughs> and it's be- and he did. Uh, he played in an episode of SNL. They did a sketch of uh, Celebrity Jeopardy where he played Michael Keaton. And he did Aurora again is very upset about this. (laughs) (laughs) She's just trying to get attention. She'll go, she'll find her spot and lay down in a minute. She's like, Um, I can't handle it. (laughs) But yeah, like he did a sketch on SNL where he played Michael Keaton and he did the I and he did the I'm Batman. So it always makes me laugh when he does that. So, uh, but no, that's that's good. I mean, again, I. I see it. I see your point completely. It's dated. Dylan McDermott sucks. Uh, but I mean, uh, it's a, it's still a movie that I enjoy and I don't watch it as often, but I still go back and watch it every once in a while. Right. Because I love Oliver Platt, too. I mean, I, I love there, there's not a, there's not enough of him in Hollywood right now. Well, he's in the bear. OK, so well, and he was also in Chef, too, which I gave you. A couple oh, episodes. That's back. a great movie too. That's yeah, great, I like that movie. movie. He's in the Bear, and he's very good in the Bear. If you haven't seen the Bear, I I recommend it. I haven't seen the Bear, and I also never got to the point in the West Wing where he's in yet either. Oh my gosh, he's so good in West Wing. I need to restart that. I need to start from the beginning and just and just plow through it. Oh my gosh, I love the West Wing. Maybe so that. Much. Maybe have you? Maybe ever after listened? I finish CSI, I'll do that. If you do the West Wing, I highly, highly, highly recommend the podcast West Wing Weekly. It's it's hard enough finding time to watch the episodes. I don't know if I'm going to have time to watch an episode and then follow it up with a podcast. Which I understand, but for bigger episodes, and you'll know the bigger episodes when when you're there. Um, definitely look for those episodes on Westling West Wing Weekly. <clears throat> that was such a good podcast and they did uh an interview with Martin Sheen and they were just going to have him on as a guest, you know, for an episode, but then they decided to just do like a totally separate episode and it's just an interview with Martin Sheen about his experience as Jed Bartlett on mm-hmm. the West Wing and it's one of my favorite podcast episodes of all time that I've ever listened to. It's just so, but, but but I'm a huge fan of the West Wing. Like it's one of my favorite all-time shows. Yeah. And so it's just and you get a lot of insider information that, like almost all of the cast guests on West Wing Weekly. It's so phenomenally done. Um I think it's what started off with all of the old cast members starting to do rewatch podcasts of their shows was West Wing Weekly. I think that that's what started the whole trend that now a whole bunch of actors are like, me too. I'm going to edge in on the podcast game. Yeah. I I still remember getting very like I did get through a couple seasons of the West Wing before something caused me to stop. And I remember getting really emotional at the episode where Josh is shot. Oh my gosh. Whoa. That whole, (laughs) that whole thing is, is just, it's like, it's like Nick being buried alive in CSI. Like it's just memory episodes. I just, I I mean, I'm already into like season, like uh, I'm in season 10 of my rewatch of CSI. But when I got to that episode with Nick being buried, like (sighs) when he's rescued, like my, oh my God, like. You just yeah. hit you just hit like a um nerve on that one. 
not in a well, bad way, but just like a emotional way. Right. And it's um Quentin Tarantino directs those episodes. Did you know that? Oh no, I didn't know that. Quentin Tarantino directed those episodes. I want to say, like, I like I know we're way off topic and we're gonna get to my movie in a second, but I'm in my rewatch of CSI. It's been a long time since I've watched that show. So like it's been probably over a decade since I've watched the show. And I'm really enjoying this rewatch because I'm I'm picking up on more scientific type stuff as I'm as I'm watching and seeing the number of people who guessed it on this show who are now so much bigger actors than they were back then 100 michael, M- michael cutlets um taylor swift like there's been so many freaking people who have guest starred on this movie or on this show um and like even to the part where it got to um oh my god why can't i think of his name um oh god ted danson well i haven't gotten to ted danson yet i'm still on the lawrence fishburne Oh, he was good in in that show. He's great. Um, But uh, Warwick, when Warwick is killed, like, I remember that happening, but re-watching that and re-experiencing that and seeing what that did to the other characters, I'm like, that was enormous. That was enormous when that happened. Yeah, CSI was really, really good. The original CSI. Although I can't rewatch the first season because it is so sexist. I just, like, I was like, I'm going to rewatch CSI. And the first episode right out the gate. I mean, it, you know, it shows, uh, what is it? Catherine is her name, I think. Marg Hellenberger. Um, Yeah, Catherine Willows. when she was like, she's a single mom, she's getting made fun of for, you know, being late. And then she goes in her or Sarah Seidel goes into the locker room and they're being made fun of by the dudes. And like, it's just this whole boys club versus the girls that work there. And I just, I turned it off. I was like, this did not age well. Click. There are a lot of growing pains through that first season. Mm, Um, Not only in stories like that but in other characters as well like greg sanders is an annoying little twerp in in the beginning um who i grow to love greg his when he is defending himself for his um for the accident that he got into it was that was my favorite 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 scene with him well but another character that i absolutely love in the show now who was horrible the first season is is um jim brass Captain oh, Brass. yeah, he He's was a dick in the first season. Yeah, especially to Catherine Willows. Yeah, to a lot yeah. of characters. He's a yeah. dick. He's a major hard ass and a yeah. dick. And he also just looked sweaty and greasy. Like he maybe didn't smell very good. But now, like, I, I root Jim on, especially because like there's a and there's a moment. Every one of these characters we're way off topic. Yeah, every really. one of these. When did this char- become CSI? <laughs> no. Every one of those characters goes through at some point in the show their moment. Like you mentioned, Greg with having to defend himself. Yeah. Um, for Nick being buried himself. alive. Nick being buried alive. Sarah goes through being kidnapped and and trapped oh under a car. Gosh, yo, I, that was that was um, intense too. But um, Brass goes through the same thing where he has to shoot, like he ends up shooting another police officer. Yeah. Um, and killing them. And like he goes to the the wake of that officer. Yeah. 
and all the other cops are staring at him because he's the reason this officer is dead. But the, he's wife the reason of why that, they're there and that but the wife of that officer goes up to him and hugs him mm -hmm. like it's a huge moment for brass. It also shows that he doesn't shy away from his own actions, that he takes responsibility and accountability to heart, you know, which yeah. is something that he always expected from his staff from his team but <clears throat> going back to sarah and nick i think the reason why those episodes are so powerful when nick is buried alive and when sarah is kidnapped is the effect that it has on gill and i love grissom yeah grissom is the heart of that show when he left that show i stopped watching i have you ever gone back to it since no. then i will tell you Lawrence Fishburne is great. He does. Oh, no, I watch it with Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was after yeah. Gil left. Okay. Sorry. But I think that I had a hard time with it just because I love Gil Grissom so much. I, that's one of the reasons I was excited to watch the reboot of CSI um, because it brought back Grissom and Sarah. Mm hmm. Um, and then they left after the first season. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know if I want to keep watching it. And then the second season, they brought back Mark Helgenberger. Oh, good. Um, so Catherine well, Sarah came, came back, back for the too. Season. Well, Sarah came back in the first season, and then yeah, I think she, I think she stayed for the second. Yeah, I love Sarah Seidel. I do too. Yeah. So all right, but yeah, so, so many of those let's, characters. Let's go back to movies. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, sorry for that. Um, so let's talk about the movie that you gave me. <laughs> the weirdest movie alive, right? Come on. Um. The Last Supper from 1995. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, with Cameron Diaz, uh, Ron Courtney Elder, Vance, and, Courtney B. Vance, Courtney B. Vance, Rob Perlman, Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton Norma Dot, Norma, Nora Dunn, um, Mark Harmon, uh, uh, Jason oh, uh, Alexander, Ron Perlman, Ron Perlman. Ron, oh, okay. I Perlman. didn't hear you. You said it too. No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I said um, Bill Paxton, Jonathan Penner. Who I mentioned was in he was a he was a, a contestant on Survivor and also in Down Periscope, which is a movie that I gave you mm. not too while ago. Um, and Penner, I when I was watching this movie for the second time, realized he was also an executive producer on this movie. Um, so another I giant will, cast <laughs> in a in a '90s movie. <laughs> I will start by saying uh, this. The movie is an hour and 32 minutes long. Yeah. Thank goodness it wasn't longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird movie. Um, I'm just glad somebody else has seen it. <laughs> I I rewatched it again last night because it had been a while since I'd watched it because it's yeah. been so long since we did these episodes. And I remember getting about like 20 minutes in and thinking – why is Kristen punishing me? <laughs> it's it's not a horrible movie. Like it's not a movie like <laughs> like I would I would walk out of in a theater, but <laughs> it's not great. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> when they start, it's the tomatoes. It's all the tomato plants. Why are <laughs> they just growing tomatoes? <laughs> Change up your plants. Make a whole garden. <laughs> it's just a lot of tomatoes. 
So, so the basic premise of the movie, since we did this for three to tango, so is, many tomatoes. It's it's a group of uh, like idealistic liberals just succumb to like the the temptation of like they're just murdering right wing conservative people. But it starts they're, by accident. It starts by total accident. It starts by accident, and like the weirdest thing is like the first guy that they kill was was in self defense. Yeah, it started by accident. And you find out by the end of the movie that this guy was legitimately a criminal. Like this yeah. guy probably like not probably kidnapped and murdered a girl. Yeah. You don't know that until the end of the movie, <laughs> but it gets them addicted to the point of, well, let's invite more people over and poison them, poison them with arsenic, but it with leading questions. And then they all look at each other and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to kill him. So <laughs> they're like, want some wine? So my biggest complaint of <laughs> one of my biggest complaints about this, about like the story itself is when yeah. they're at dinner. They have two different bottles. They have the blue bottle, which is the poison, and the green yeah. bottle, which is okay. Yeah. But yet one of them is red and one of them is white. Who is going to change from red to white during dinner? Nobody. Nobody. Make them both the same freaking kind of wine. But I don't even drink white wine. You know what I mean? I only drink red wine. So if 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 I'm being killed, <laughs> I'm not going to drink the wine. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. It's like like uh, like like you're you're drinking red because that's the normal wine. That's the wine that's safe, and that's what they're drinking during dinner. But then, right. when you guys all look at each other and decide, okay, it's time for this person to die, drink from this bottle. I'm going to be like, no, I've been enjoying the red all night. Thanks, though. Yeah, thanks, though. I'm good. Make it the same wine. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> the movie's so bad. It's good though. Come on. It's, it's one it? of those. <laughs> 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 it's such Is an it odd dope? movie. It but it's one of those movies that I watched. It was like on television or something like that, like on, you know, back when you were just flipping channels, you know, and there was no su no such thing as streaming. And yeah. I'm like what is this movie? And so that's where this movie it. should have stayed. Well, and then <laughs> and then then I keep watching it and I'm like, "Huh. Well, this is interesting." And then eventually I'm like, "That's a lot of tomatoes." Okay, well, I guess I'm I'm in it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so there's a part of me as like a major like cinephile and movie lover as I'm watching, and like you see, like every time they bury a body, they bury it in the backyard and they plant tomatoes so that the body <laughs> decaying can fertilize the tomatoes. I'm not so eating those tomatoes. No, I'm not eating, I'm not those, eating tomatoes. those tomatoes. But again, like change it up. Like <laughs> make a whole garden. Like plant some eggplant. Plant some like something else in there, and and I'm like, and as I'm watching it for the second time, I'm like, well, maybe the tomatoes are a metaphor for something. And I get to the end of the movie, I'm like, what are they a metaphor for? Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing. nothing. Yeah, they're just tomatoes. I, I, it's great. I don't get it. I mean, look, the the it does have a great cast. Courtney B. Vance is an amazing actor. He's good um, in this too. And he's actually really good in this. <laughs> he's really good in it. It but, feels uh, like a movie that Alan Tudyk should have also been in, correct? <laughs> <laughs> I could see Alan Tudyk playing the the Pete part part. Okay, um, yeah. 
Uh, I could I could see that. Uh, Did you notice that all of the um, all of the idealistic liberals all had apostle names or disciple names? Uh, Jude, Mark, Luke. Well, Paulie's not a. Oh, Paul. Paul. Yep. And Pete. Who's Pete? Oh, Peter. Peter. Oh yeah. Jude so, is Judas. Well, I said Jude. Well, Jude is also a saint, Saint Jude. Oh, I'm talking about Jesus's disciples. Oh, Judas. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So Judas kind of makes sense too, because in the end, she was the one that it was against it. Mm. Weird. So that that kind of makes sense. Okay, I see some of the symbolism that's going for this, but the fucking tomatoes. Jesus Christ. I, I would I, love to know. I, I would love to know the idea behind the tomatoes. Like, if you ever are at a con in the future and one of these actors is there, please do me a favor and, oh, and talk about that movie. I'm personally thinking, I'm actually thinking about reaching out to Jonathan Penner and trying to get him on the podcast because I like, because I, I love Down Periscope and I was a fan yeah. of his when he was on Survivor. But if I get him on, like, I'm going to be like, okay, John, you were an executive producer on The Last Supper. Uh, what the hell was going on? Yeah, just yeah, because I'm sure nobody's <laughs> asked him that question in decades. <laughs> I, I really want to know. So the other thing, too, is for the first half of the movie, if not in longer into it, they keep going to the cutaway of Nora Dunn as the sheriff who's chasing this little girl. And I'm like, what the hell does this have to do with this movie? <laughs> Is this going somewhere? Well, it was going somewhere. Eventually. <laughs> it gets there way too late. I and am then when it's so it, excited it, to find out what you think about this movie because I know how bad it is. <laughs> and then when it, yeah, thank you for giving it to me because intentionally you knew it was bad. Yeah, but it, then, I liked it. I liked it. I think it's so bad it's good. So I actually oh, enjoyed, I don't. enjoyed it. I, I hope I never have to watch this movie again. <laughs> so so when Nora Dunn like shows up, like, you know, knocking on the door and like questioning them and showing them the pictures and everything, that's one thing. And I'm kind of like, okay, now there's a little bit of a connection. They've brought her in. They've yeah. met these two stories. They've they've put these two stories together. It's it's hinting that Bill Paxton's character was actually a kidnapper and a murderer. So they actually killed somebody who was horrible. Meanwhile, they have a Mensa member sitting in the chair who ends up getting stabbed because she wouldn't drink the wine. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. I can't stop laughing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then the next time you see Nora Dunn, she's spying on them in the garden, yeah. goes into the garden, and Luke kills her by hitting her over the head with the shovel. I don't. I don't see the problem. <laughs> it got to the point where, like, I know Ron Perlman plays a, he's very clearly like a Rush Limbaugh type character. Yeah. Um, very right wing pundit conservative, like spewing conspiracy theories, all this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, he's, he's very much like an Alex Jones kind of character. It's a weird, timely movie for this time. Uh, you, well, God, yeah. It it shows right? that even even almost like that long ago, 
some things just have not changed. Things have not, right. Things have not changed. So can you appreciate it for that element of it a I, little I, bit? I can, but it got to the point. <laughs> I, and I but hate, I won't. <laughs> I, <laughs> it got to the point, and I hate saying this, like for the, for the, the heart, for most of the movie, every time you see him on the screen and he's spewing his garbage, I'm like, oh, hopefully he has to end up at the table at some point. Like that's right. what they're leading to. And then it gets to the point where at the end they're, they're questioning whether or not they should poison him. He comes to the realization. He sees that newspaper about the nine missing people. He looks outside. He sees the nine body, like the nine mounds outside for the tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> he puts two and two together. He makes them drink the toast together. And then it shows the painting of him standing with all the bodies around. And I'm like, I hated him, but thank Christ they're dead. Right, because <laughs> this was like put them out of their misery, please. Yeah, they. I mean, they totally deserved their ending, one hundred percent. It came back to bite them in the ass, and like, good. Yeah, and then and then Ron Perlman sells all the tomatoes. He he <laughs> spends the rest of his life as a tomato farmer. Um. Because he has all those fresh bodies. <laughs> yeah. God, that would have just made the movie all the much better. Come on. Come and on. I, and I say that in the most sarcastic of ways. Yeah, but see, now you have now you have something to talk about with any of these actors if you ever see them again at cons. Like, wasn't Ron Perlman literally just at Rhode Island Comic Con? Ron Perlman was at Rhode Island. You could have had this conversation with him. No, I'm not going to give Ron Perlman the disad, like the disservice of bringing this up. He's been Hellboy, like Sons of Anarchy. No, I'm not bringing this movie up. If I ever meet him, I'm going to bring it up. If oh, can you imagine me going to his table and being like, "Look, you've done some amazing work, and I'm a huge fan." Um, but can did we talk about the Last a, Supper? Did you have a tumor? <laughs> Was it removed? <laughs> um, but like, but how desperate of times were you to do the Last Supper? Like that's, I, I mean, think that it was an artsy independent film that it was the time to do these weird, quirky independent films. And it, it was 18, it was an 18 day shoot, an 18 day shoot. <laughs> and Bill Paxton Bill Paxton actually came in on his weekend off from filming Apollo 13 to do his scenes and then he left. This was an 18-day shoot? 18-day shoot. That was like nine days too long. Yeah. <laughs> and when they were done filming, that house burned down. <laughs> Did it really? Yes. Good, because it wanted to cleanse itself <laughs> of this dutrous. <laughs> I really hope that us discussing this gets people to watch it. <laughs> it I do. I kind of feel like it's one of those movies that's so bad, you just need to see it for yourself. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, got, I, like, I like that the house burned down because it had to cleanse itself of the atrocity of this movie. Right, right. And all the that's, tomatoes burned down, too. They're all now sun-dried tomatoes. They, they just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> there's one scene in the movie where annabeth gish's character um paulie like opens the cupboard and sees like 
the the jars of like tomato sauce or whatever yeah. but for an artsy added to it they take out the back of the house so that she's looking out into the garden through the cupboard yeah. i was like what does that mean she, she's remembering where the sauce came from <laughs> all you got to do is turn to your right and look out the window <laughs> You're really not. I'm not. Not even a little bit. Because I get to talk about this movie with somebody. It's like one of those movies where I'm like, has anybody seen this movie? And nobody knows what I'm talking about. So I'm really excited that you and I get to share this together. I I will say um, I did actually really not not his dialogue, but I just I enjoyed Bill Paxton in this movie. One, because I, I love Bill Paxton and I miss yeah. Bill Paxton. We all um, do. But he, this took me back to um, his character from Weird Science, Chet. Um, I never saw that. You never seen Weird Science? Wait a minute. No, I've seen Real Genius. That's oh, with Val you, Kilmer, right? You need to, yeah, you need to see Weird Science. That is such a classic 80s John Hughes movie. Um. I'm not even going to assign that to you for movie swap. You ju- just need to watch. Just watch it. it. Just watch it. It's a classic. Eight, and it's Anthony Michael Hall. And like, it's a great freaking movie. All right. Um, but Maybe. he plays such a dick in that movie as one of the character's older brothers. He gets turned into a pile of shit. <laughs> a talking pile of shit <laughs> towards the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm not lying. I don't think that you are. He gets turned into a huge talking pile of shit. Oh my gosh! Seriously, oh, I I have tears. I have tears. I'm I'm so glad you're happy. We got to talk about this movie. I am. I am. I immediately after rewatching it last night said I could have watched a fucking Christmas movie. I watched a Christmas movie. What did you watch? A Muppet Christmas Carol. Get your head oh, out of the- your ass. <laughs> Get your head out of your ass. And then at one point during the movie. <laughs> We're back to the movie. <laughs> one one of the conservatives sitting at the table is a 17-year-old high school girl. <laughs> well. Who who just like she she wants her, she's suing the school because they're they're making sex education mandatory, which well, yeah. one, yeah, rightfully so. It should be. Yeah. But at one point, like Luke is like, how about some wine? Oh, one sip ain't going to hurt. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is horrible. Yeah. Like not, yeah. not well, only are that, you murdering that people, is but basically now you're just to showcase how terrible they are. Like how unbelievably terrible they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, it it's it really is a weird movie in that like these guys are meant to be heroes but really just turn out to be horrible villains by the awful end. yes awful absolutely awful there's a there's another movie um it came out not too long ago actually and it's very similar yeah it came out in 2020 it's called the hunt yes um, yes uh-huh i wanted to see that 
that is basically kind of the opposite. That is conservatives hunting, hunting liberals. liberals. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a and very similarly, actually, to the same way it's a conservative who ends up winning in the end of the Last Supper. It's a liberal who ends up winning in the end of the hunt. Now, do they it, eat a big pile of spaghetti with marinara <laughs> sauce as a nod? As a nod to its predecessor? <laughs> I don't think so, but that would be amazing if they do. Do you think somebody had like watched The Last Supper and was like, I could reboot this? <laughs> I could, I could, I could, I could do this better. <laughs> Craig, one of those tomatoes could have done this better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so glad you've seen this movie. I'm so happy. Are you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I am. I'm so happy. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Oh, and then thinking oh. about movies to give you for that for the next episode, I'm like, do I want to punish her? Or do I want to give her something legit? You did punish me. You gave me <laughs> three to tango. Three to tango is not nearly as bad as the Last Supper. Mm. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I like it that we both have movies we didn't enjoy this time around. No. And I watched mine twice. I know. I know. When you said I'm rewatching it, I go, God, why? (laughs) Because part of it was I needed to rewatch it. And I'm like, I don't remember a lot of good things about this movie. So maybe I should rewatch it to see if maybe I missed something. And like, I'll pay more attention to it. You missed And (laughs) Then I got to the end of the movie. I was like, nope, didn't miss a damn thing. (laughs) Seriously. I'm crying. I'm crying right now. <laughs> Didn't miss a damn thing. Oh my god! It's so funny. <laughs> You're horrible. I <laughs> <laughs> that you are taking pleasure from my pain. <laughs> You're so bad. You're horrible. Oh my god. All right. Oh my gosh, seriously, I can't stop crying. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's 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 give each other another assignment, shall we? I have a movie all ready for you. I, I have one for you too, and I promise you, it's not as bad as either one of these movies. Well, yeah, me too. It's actually one I really, I really, really enjoy. Okay. Well, you also <coughs> really, really enjoyed Three to Tango, so you know. <laughs> That's very true. All right. Um, What's my assignment? All right. So your assignment. You give me an 80s movie. I'm going to rip you through. I'm actually, I'm not giving you a 80s movie at all. Um, I'm giving you a movie from 2018. Okay. uh, Starring Nick Offerman. Ooh. Uh, It's a movie called Hearts Beat Loud. Okay. Not going to tell you anything. I'm going to cry. Not going to tell you anything about it. Um, cause that's part of the thing is we don't know anything about these movies. Uh, but it is, I will tell you the cast is made up of Nick Offerman, Kiersey Clemens, Tony Collette, and Ted Danson. Okay. I am, going I, to, you. I am going to give you a movie that I stumbled upon a couple years ago. Oh no. Uh, you stumbled mainly, on the last supper too. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> mainly, well, I just looked through your, your unwatched list and it's on it. So, okay. Um, but it is, I enjoyed it. 
It's different. <laughs> the way you have to defend this movie already. No, I don't have to defend it at all. No, okay. I don't have to defend it at all. I think that you'll enjoy it. It stars Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Oh. And uh, is it Destination? No, not Destination. A Destination Wedding. wedding. It yes. is Destination Wedding. Yes. Okay. That is and on it, my list to watch. So. And it stars only Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Ryder. Really? There is no other dialogue from any other actor in that movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I, I love Keanu. I love Winona Ryder. That's, and this yeah. one has and this one has been on my radar. So yep. I, I will get to knock it out. That's good. All right. Um almost I almost gave you a horror movie just to punish you this week, but you know, that would have been mean. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> True. And that's why I gave you a a feel. We should have given each other Christmas movies. <laughs> we still have time between now okay. and Christmas. I have to find one that we have to find one that we each haven't seen. Yeah, that might be hard. That might be difficult. Well, there is one movie, one Christmas movie that I haven't seen that everybody basically loses their mind when they find out that I've never seen it. A Christmas Story. No, that movie is played at nauseum everywhere. If you haven't seen that uh, movie, hold on, let me try and guess. A Christmas really, movie? really, really, really famous, iconic Christmas movie. It's not Elf. No. Iconic Christmas movie. Iconic. Christmas Vacation. No. It's uh, not a comedy. Not a comedy. Christmas Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I love that movie. Die Hard. <laughs> it's iconic. Um, You'll never get it. Iconic Christmas. Give me a hint. <sighs> it's black and white. White Christmas. No. I love that movie. Um, Have you seen A White Christmas? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Yes. That's the you one. Know, okay. So. Here's my thing about It's a Wonderful Life. Um, I'm actually not going to crucify you for not having seen it. Thank um, you. One of the one of the arguments, I, one of the debates I get into with a friend of mine is my one of my friends, my friend Chris, constantly debates with me. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, and I'm on the side that it is. And I, I don't know where you fall on this, um, but. My argument to him is, I was like, okay, well, why is Die Hard not a Christmas movie? And he says, well, because it, it just because it happens at Christmas doesn't mean it's a Christmas movie. Because Christmas has nothing to do with the story. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, in that regard, It's a Wonderful Life is also not a Christmas movie. I was like, because it happens at Christmas, but Christmas is not a part of the story. I said, you can take Christmas out of the movie and it doesn't change the story one bit. He's like, oh, but that's not. I'm like, no, by your argument, It's a Wonderful Life is not a Christmas movie. Also, Home Alone, also not a Christmas movie. That's true. You could say that for a lot of Christmas yeah, movies. You could say that for a lot of Christmas movies. And Isn't Gremlins take, also at Christmas time? Chris, Gremlins is a Christmas movie, more so than Die Hard, because Gizmo is a Christmas gift. I've never seen Gremlins. Gremlins is a great movie. And it's not overly scary at all. Is it something I could watch with the kids? Mm, Gremlins 2, absolutely. Uh, well, my kids are big Stranger Things fans. Huge, I think you could I think huge. you could watch Gremlins with them then. 
I think after watching Vecna do what he does in season four, yeah. there's not a lot that the kids I, can't yeah, handle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think Gremlins is dated enough that it's easy to handle. Okay, is it R? Um, I if it is, it's purely for violence, um, and not for language. It is. Let's see, Gremlins. No, Gremlins is rated PG. You're fine. PG. Yeah. I could play that in a school. <laughs> uh, I don't know if, if watch it. I'm first. just saying PG PG is generally known as yeah. okay to play. It's, at I mean, it's Gremlins is PG and it was written by Chris Columbus, who did Harry Potter. He also did Home Alone. True. Very true. But it's <clears throat> watch watch Gremlins. It's it's fun. I'm going to. And and Gremlins 2 is even more. Is that goofy. also at Christmas time? No. Okay. No. Gremlins well, maybe that'll be our Christmas time. movie today because we were talking about watching. We we like watching Christmas movie every night right now. So maybe that'll be our Christmas movie but tonight because I've Gre- never seen it. Gremlins is, is uh, written by Chris Columbus and it was directed by Spielberg. Oh, my, okay. Yeah. We're going to watch it today. <laughs> We're gonna watch it. Oh no! Really directed excited. by Joe Dante, but it was uh, produced by Steven Spielberg. So less impressive, but it's still gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's worth the watch. Well, I'm excited that you're gonna watch Destination Wedding. I think it'll be a nice palate cleanser from the atrocity that I gave you. I'm I'm ex- I'm excited that you're gonna watch Hearts Beat Loud because I you know am I'm I gonna cry? Big, I, you might. Oh, fuck you. Okay. Um, but you, because you know, I'm a big Offerman fan, so yeah. I wouldn't give you anything with him in it that would do him a disservice. Yeah, you would. N- not Nick Offerman. No, I wouldn't. Ron sure. Swanson is like one of my two spirit guides. Ron Roy Kent being the Nick. other one. If I knew Ron Swanson in real life, I would be very mad. Really? <laughs> He's very fun, and I like it. But his his views on government and his close mindedness about a lot of different subjects make me a little. But he's hilarious, and I love him. But he's, I wouldn't want to know him, and I wouldn't want to know him in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So then we have our homework for next episode. I have destination wedding. You have hearts beat loud. Yes. Uh, I think it's going to be a much. We might not laugh as much next episode <laughs> as we did this one, but you know, it'll it'll be fun. You know what? We're going to have a good time, like we always do. Yeah, for sure. Any final notes before we, we wrap this up? No. Go watch Last Supper. <laughs> no, God. <laughs> if, if, if you're brave, go and you've got an hour and a half to absolutely murder. Go and watch. Pun, pun intended. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't even mean that. If you've got if you've got an hour and thirty two minutes to poison with arsenic, go and watch the Last Supper. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to take a shower. That movie. Was yeah, so you know it's fine. It's good. <laughs> uh, I will also make mention. Make sure you are if you're a fan of Ted Lasso, go over and check out the revisited podcast that Kristen and I do every week. Uh, we are diving into season two uh, now. We finished season one, diving into season two. Revisitedpod.com is the uh, the place to do that. Mm-hmm. So, do it. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until <laughs> God, thank God this one's over. Um, <laughs> we'll see you guys on another episode of Swap. Uh, bye. <laughs> Eat some tomatoes. <laughs>